0: It's good to see you tonight. Well, actually, I only see a couple people tonight, but it's good to have you join in with us tonight. Glad you are here. And this is our Sunday night, Easter Sunday. And I always have Sunday night service. I know some churches, they don't, but I always have. You know, sometimes to do something a little bit different, but we are going to have, you know, I am going to come to you tonight. And again, coming from my kitchen here at our house. And uh, you'll notice that, uh, by the way, you'll notice behind me, we do have two signs up and and I don't know how many of you noticed the friends gather here sign. I want you to feel like you're a friend coming into our house. You know, our house is open to a lot of people. Well, it's not right now due to the due to the virus, but normally, you know, we let people come and stuff and but uh I want you to feel like you're gathering with friends tonight. And then I don't know if you have noticed the painting here. This was done uh by my daughter and uh she did that and and so we put that up there you know and Jesus is risen indeed and that's what today is about it's Easter Sunday and we are glad you're here tonight but again coming from our home we're gonna do this until the um, dangerous past and we can start meeting again and I look forward to the day we get to meet again but we will Lord willing get to meet again and and But we'll do this video until then. The goal again is to do Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to try to give people something. An option to hear the Word of God, hear it preached, hear some things out of the Scriptures to get some encouragement. I thought about this and uh, I have thought about Easter and I thought about the fact that we don't get to meet together to celebrate. I want you to keep something in mind and pray about something and I want you to be part of this. When we get to meet back together, and this is gonna sound a little bit nuts. Of course, I'm I'm known for doing crazy things, but I want you to pray with me about maybe having an Easter in July or something like that, having an Easter in July or something. And you know, where we uh, have, you know, we missed Easter. We have Easter today, but we didn't get to celebrate it together. But I was thinking maybe we could have a big blowout one day and and have an Easter Sunday in midsummer, maybe June, July, whenever and uh but i want you to pray about that i hope we'll be able to be be together by then and uh we'll be able to you know just blow the doors out and have everybody get together and do something very special now one other announcement i want to make or two announcements actually is next sunday morning next sunday morning the 19th that's uh this next coming sunday and uh sunday morning i normally do this I, i try to do something like this but next sunday I want to preach next Sunday morning, the 11 o'clock message. I want to preach on the return of Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ. That'll be Sunday morning at 11 o'clock next Sunday. And then next Sunday night, the 19th and the following Sunday night, the 26th, I want to do two messages on the book of Revelation. And I want to encourage you to be there. There's a lot of people have a lot of questions saying a lot of things. And so I want to address that. And so that'll be next Sunday morning, 19th at 11 o'clock. We'll do the return of Jesus Christ, the message about the return of Christ. And then what we're going to do, this will be a message about the return of Jesus Christ. We will answer questions. When will Jesus come again? Are we seeing the signs of the times? Things like that. We'll be talking about that. But then next Sunday night, we'll do an overview of the book of Revelation along with the following Sunday night. And we'll have two Sunday nights on the book of Revelation. So you be ready for that. Now again tonight, we want to go to the Lord in prayer and open this time in prayer tonight. And um, I was given today several prayer requests. Uh, I texted a lot of people today. If I missed you, I'm sorry. I'm still texting people. But um, but I, I, I got some messages from some folks today. And they asked me to pray for this one and this one and this one. And so I want you to pray for all those that I got messages on today. Please do that. And some people have some serious issues. Some people with cancer. Some with some other things. And so I want you to pray for healing there. And also pray for healing for those that have caught this virus others that had other pre-existing conditions, Uh, I want you to pray for a cure for these diseases. Pray for a cure. And this coronavirus said it would go away. I want you to pray that the Lord would be um, merciful to us and take this thing away, you know, and, and be in prayer about that, be in prayer. And so pray that the Lord would take it away and pray for all those that are sick, pray for our first responders, our medical personnel, all those that are suffering through job loss, all those going through things that, that uh, they're having a tough time, and also pray for those that maybe uh, you know, kind of shut in at home and feel lonely and things like that. So pray. Also pray for the leaders of our country, our 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 state, and our cities. Pray for those. Pray for those that are lost, and pray against those trying to take advantage of this situation. There are some people trying to take advantage of this, and let's pray against them. Pray that the Lord would stop them in their tracks, and so. Uh, because people are trying to take advantage of people monetarily. They're trying to, to steal things from stores. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed, even though we have the virus, even though we have the stay at home orders and things like that, there are still people dying, being shot. There's still robberies going on. There's still bad things going on in our world. You know, and I'll address more about that in a moment in the message. But let's go ahead and pray tonight. Then we'll get into the word of God. Let's pray. Won't you bow your head with me and let's pray? Father, we thank you for tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit at work. Father, I pray you give me the message you want me to preach tonight. And Father, I pray to be an encouragement to folks. And I pray that you would touch hearts tonight and help us to understand your word. And now, Father, I pray that you would just bless our country tonight, bless our world tonight. Father, I pray you'd take this virus away. Father, I pray you'd heal those that have it tonight. It's a sad thing when you look and you see the funerals going on or the funerals that can't go on. And Father, I just pray that you bless those folks and take care of them tonight that that are suffering through loss and father just uh, take care of those that are sick and heal them i beg you and father i pray that you would just give us healing for this thing and take it away Father, i do pray that maybe through this people would come to jesus and maybe revival would break out and father help us understand the truth of your word tonight so that we can see maybe there's a purpose for this and we know that all things work together for good the bible tells us romans 8 28 and now, Father, bless our medical people, our, our leaders, bless our country tonight. Father, I beg you just to perform a miracle here, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, in this hour, I want to draw your attention back to Second Timothy chapter 3. I preached from there last Sunday night, and uh, I preached on the times in which we live. And I kind of want to go back to that a little bit, if I can, and I want to pick up something here and uh, I want to go to one thought basically that I, that I had last week, and I want to close with that thought. But, um, but I want you to go back there, Second Timothy chapter 3, and I want you to look at just one verse to open up with me tonight, just one verse, and then we'll say more here in a little bit. But Second Timothy 3, notice and if you do have your Bible, let me encourage you to open it up and look there with me. If you don't have your Bible, you have your iPad or your phone or something, you know, let me encourage you to look there. But Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Now, I looked at this last Sunday night as I said, I've, the first thing I want to do is remind you of a couple things a couple things I said previously one you and I are living in the last days we are la- living in the last days now one thing we need to understand about the last days the last days here as it's referred to in scripture started with Jesus when he came to earth according to Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 it started with the first coming of Christ you know when he was born of a virgin lived here on earth died, was buried and rose again that's when the last days started what i have found though is that people really are not concerned about quote unquote the last days they're concerned with what i call the last of the last days the last of the last days people want to know about the time right before the coming of christ people want to know are we living in that last of last days are we close to the return of jesus christ well one thing you need to remember right here one thing you need to remember. No one, I don't care who they are. I don't care who they claim to be. I don't care what they claim to know. No one knows when Jesus is coming back. Did you catch what I said? Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. Matthew 24, 36 and 42 states, no man knows the hour. No man knows when Jesus is gonna come back. All we know is that the Bible says that one of these days, he is going to return. And what you and I are to be doing right now until he does come, we are to be looking for his return and living like he re- he could return in a moment of time, living like, he re- uh, living like he could return in the next five minutes. I've often said this, Jesus could rapture his church out in five days, five minutes, five hours, five years, 50 years. We don't know when it's gonna be, but you and I need to live like he could return tonight, like he could return in the next few minutes. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I are to be looking for the return of Jesus Christ like it could be right now. Now, again, next Sunday, I'm going to explain this a whole lot differently. I'll explain it. I'll go through it and explain the return of Christ. But again, you know what people want to know? They want to know, are we in the last of the last days? And that's what they want to know. But right now, what you and I need to understand is you and I live in this time period that is spoken of by the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3. You and I live in the last days. Second thing I want to remind you of, and that is this, and this is where we're going to get into the message now. In these last days, there will be perilous times. Notice what he said. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Now, I want you to think about that word perilous, the word perilous here. The word perilous means difficult. It means dangerous. It means hard to take, to approach, or hard to approach, hard to bear, troublesome. In other words, what he's saying is dangerous times are gonna come. Difficult times are gonna come. Hard to bear times are gonna come. Troublesome times are gonna come. Those times in in our world that are hard for us to grasp and hard to go through, y'all look at it that way. We talk about the storms of life and the valleys of life. There will be times of trouble that you and I go through. But notice the next word, perilous. Not only perilous, difficult, dangerous, but what about the word times there? I believe the best idea of the word times there, the best idea is that during these last days, now think about this, during these last days, there will be times. In other words, there will be periods. There will be eras. There will be, um, the old word is epic. There will be epics of trouble. There will be times of difficulty. There will be periods of danger. There will be epics of trouble. In other words, there will be times that come up that are hard to take, times that are hard to bear. You and I will face times of great difficulty, kind of like the time that you and I are facing together right now. Many people stuck at home. Some people losing their jobs. Some, uh, uh, you know, maybe short on food and things like that. Hard times. In other words, there will be specific times of hardship. There will be specific times of trouble, specific times of danger. Now, question comes up here. What kind of times are we talking about that we are going to face? What kind of times are we going to face? Well, in the passage, we can see some things. In the passage, we can see what kind of times do we face? Well, number one, there are going to be times of danger. I just illustrated that. There will be times when there are dangerous times. You know, we've had world wars and we've had, you know, times when people were slaughtered and things like that. We had the civil war in our country. and, And right now we're facing this great virus. Years ago, they had the Spanish flu. Well, folks, there will be times of danger and difficulty like that. But let me give you a second thing now. Not only will there be times of danger or difficulty, as I've already said over and over, there will be times of depravity. Now you say, what do you mean by that? The word depravity means moral corruption or wickedness. Moral corruption or wickedness. And look at verses 2, 3, and 4. Notice what it says. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that's lack of self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. In other words, there will be times of depravity. There'll be times when sin abounds. There'll be times of great wickedness. There'll be times of acts of wickedness. That's the idea of depravity. And I hate to tell you this, the Bible tells us that those times are gonna get worse as we go nearer to the return of Jesus Christ going to get worse. Notice what he said in verse 13. Go down in the text and look at verse 13. He said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, folks, what I believe is what's going to happen is as you and I get closer to the return of Jesus Christ, things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, let me tell you, there's a group out there that's going to tell you, oh, we're going to get better and better and better until we usher in the kingdom. That's a bunch of hooey. That's a bunch of junk. Folks, it's going to get worse and uh, as time goes. in fact the Bible talks about times of apostasy turning away from from the Lord turning away from the truth and we'll get in that more in a moment but you know you, you think about it who could have dreamed of some of the things we are seeing today I mean think about some of the things we are seeing in our world today some of the things that we see and how people are treating others and how people act and the selfishness and self-centeredness of people and, and and just look at the list we read you can see that in our day and age. You know what that shows us? Shows us two things. Number one, it shows us the sinfulness of man. The sinfulness of man. Man is sinful, but you know what it also shows us? Man needs Jesus. People need the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what the cure for all this junk is? You know what the cure for man's wickedness is? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we need to get the gospel out. That's why we need to get the word of God out. Because let me tell you something. Reformation is not gonna do it. Laws on the books are not gonna do it. More programs are not gonna do it. And I'm all for things like that. But let me tell you something. The only way you're gonna change people is change the heart. And the only way you're gonna change that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the heart is desperately wicked, the Bible says. The heart is desperately wicked. My friends, what you and I need to do is get the gospel to people. They need Jesus. That's what people need today. They need Jesus Christ. Does that mean they'll be perfect afterwards? No. But it'll stop a lot of garbage, will it not? Yes, it will. Now, biblically speaking, when I use the word depravity, that speaks of the corrupt nature of mankind. And the reason people need Jesus because by nature, they are sinful. And because of our sin, we stand under God's judgment. And we need to understand that we need Jesus. People need Jesus. I put down another thing, not only will there be times of danger and times of depravity, there'll be times of apostasy. Now, I know that's a big word, apostasy. What does the word apostasy mean? Well, look at verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away for this sort of they which creep in the houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What's he talking about? Well, there's several things I want to give you here. Real quick, number one, there'll be a time of false religion and corruption of biblical truth. Corruption of biblical truth. I've said this for a few years now. I believe what you and I are seeing in our country tonight and around the world, we're seeing biblical Christianity. Here's this. You say, what is biblical Christianity? That is Christianity that is based on the Bible, the word of God. And by the way, that's the only kind of Christianity there really is. But we are also seeing today a new Christianity. You say, what's a new Christianity? The new Christianity is based on what people feel. They come up with their own view of God their own view of, oh, I can be saved. And, you know, I pray and just Lord save me and I, it's over with, you know, and they think they're okay and they can live any way they want and things like that. And they come up with their own thoughts and ideas. My friends, we are seeing a new Christianity on the market, a new Christianity being promoted. Folks, we see we are living in that day, of false religion and corruption of biblical truth. But what do I mean by apostasy? The word apostasy has the idea of a turning away, a turning away. And what we see is we see a turning away. There will be times of turning away from the faith, turning away from the truth of the word of God. And we see that happening. Some certain groups that in years gone by that have stood for the truth of the word of God have now turned away from it. Some groups at one time were faithful to the Lord and serving Him and getting the gospel out have now turned to more of a social gospel and are turning away from the word of god they are turning that's the idea of apostasy and by the way as uh, the closer we get to jesus you know what the bible says there will be an apostasy there will be a turning from the faith there will be a turning from the truth of the word of god so there will be times of apostasy but then number four i put down number four i put down there'll be times of persecution Times of persecution, I look down at verses 10, 11, and 12 in our text. It says, but that was no, uh, fully known, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord had delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now notice what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the persecution he faced for serving Christ. Folks, the times that that we are living in, the last days, there may be some times of persecution. Times where you and I will have to suffer for Jesus Christ. Times where you and I will have to take uh, determine whether we're going to live for Christ or we're going to serve Christ and suffer with Christ, you know. And, and there may be a time of great persecution in our world today. There have been times of persecution where people had to make a decision to stand for Christ or to die for their faith. The Apostle Paul died for his faith. In the Bible, Stephen died for his faith. I mean, you think about it, James died for his faith. Folks, they suffered for Jesus Christ. And we may face in these last days some times of suffering for the cause of Christ. Times of persecution. Now that brings me to another question how do you and i face these times these perilous times these difficult times how can you and i face these times well what i love here is the apostle paul told timothy how to face these times and and what i what i'm looking at and and i want to get some advice from timothy here some advice how you and i can face these dangerous times. I mean, we're facing a crazy time right now with this virus. You know, we may be facing a time where, before you know it, they're gonna tell us not to share Christ in a public square. We're already facing a time now where we're told not to stand up for the biblical family. We're already facing a time now where we're we're told not to talk about Jesus. It's okay to talk about God, but don't mention Jesus, that's divisive. Well, who do you think God is? He is Jesus, amen? He is. And so we're already seeing some of those things. But folks, it could be get worse. But how do we face these difficult days? How are you and I to do that? Well, I want to see what the Lord told Timothy here through Paul. Number one, he told him to be faithful to the Lord. He told him to be faithful to the Lord. Now, I want you to look at the passage here. And I want you to notice what the apostle Paul faced. Did you catch that? And, and, And Paul talked about what he faced. When, uh, when he tried to serve Christ, when he was living for Christ, going out as a missionary, planting churches and doing these things. Down in verse 10, he said, But thou hast known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering charity, patience, uh, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Think about that. Think about those phrases for a minute think about what Paul said there. In verse 10, he said, you've known my, and I saw three words there, manner of life, manner of life. And then I, in verse 11, I saw there, he talked about his persecutions and afflictions, the things he went through. And he talked about how he endured them. He endured them. And then in verse 14, he told, uh, he told, uh, He told Timothy, he said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. You know, when I thought about those and I put those together, Paul, even though he had these hardships and even though he had these things, he was faithful in the face of hard times. He was faithful in the face of difficult times. He was faithful in those times of hardship." You read over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 how all the things Paul went through and how he was a a day in the night in the deep and how he was shipwrecked and how he was beaten and how he, you know, one time he's even stoned and and died and was resurrected. And and you read all this, but you know what he did? He was faithful to the Lord. And he's telling Timothy, hey, be faithful, even though these times are going to come. Be faithful. And folks, what you and I need to do is in these hard times. Hey, You and I can be faithful to the Lord. I know somebody said, well, Scott, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Well, I'll give you some help in a minute. But, But think about it for a minute. You and I can be faithful. Hey, if Paul was faithful, you and I can be faithful. If John was faithful, you and I can be faithful. If Timothy was faithful, you and I can be faithful. Hey, folks, be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to him. Don't turn your back on the Lord. Don't give up on Christ. Just because you go through a little bit of hardship, Hey, folks, everybody goes through hardship. Everybody goes through this. You and I just need to be faithful to the Lord. Let me give you a second thing here. Second thing, not only did he say, be faithful to the Lord, the second thing we see here is this. He said, stand upon the truth of scripture. Stand upon the truth of scripture. I love that. Look at verse 14. He said, but continue down to things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Did you see that? Continue in what you've learned and been assured of. And he references the scriptures. Did you catch that? He said, continue. In other words, stand firm upon the truth of the word of God. Stand firm on the truth of the Bible. Hey, let me tell you, in hard times, in difficult times, there is a temptation to compromise the truth of Scripture. There is a temptation to compromise. Right now, the world is putting pressure on the child of God. And you know what we see? We see churches and groups that are arguing about things, and they're compromising the Word of God. Folks, what am I trying to get you to do tonight? Stay true to the word of God. Stay true to the word of God. My friends, that book you hold in your hand is the only authoritative source that we have. This is the word of God. It is true from cover to cover. It is true from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. You and I can take what it says to the bank. You and I can live our lives by it. You and I can live according to its truths and have peace and purpose in life, but stand upon the truths of the word of God. Stand upon the truths. Let me give you a third thing he told him tonight. So he said, be faithful. Number two, stand true to the word of God. Stand upon the truth of the word of God. Then number three, I love this. He said, look to the word of God for help. Look to the word of God for help. Not only stand true to the word, but look to the word of God for help. Now, again, in verse 14, he said, but continue down the things which thou hast learned. Okay, continue. And he talks about the scriptures. Come down to verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know what that means? That means that all the Bible comes directly from God. It came directly from the mouth of God. You say, wait a minute, bro, Scott. I thought God used men to write it. He did. But who gave them what to write? God did by the Holy Spirit, according to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Where the Holy Spirit directed them so that what they wrote was and is the Word of God. So, right here, you and I have God's words in our hand. He said, Brother Scott, I don't know if I really believe that the Bible actually is the Word of God. I don't know if I believe that. Well, you know, let me tell you something. By nature, I'm a skeptic. Okay. You know, when people tell me things, you know, I am, you know, I say, hey, that sounds great or whatever. And then I go home and think, Yeah, I don't know about that, you know? Uh, And I'm not trying to say anything against anybody, but by nature, I'm skeptical. Uh, I don't believe a lot of things. I don't trust a lot of things. I am just one of those guys that by nature is skeptical. But when it comes to the Bible, I've got to tell you, I have no problem believing it at all. I have no problem believing everything that's written here. Now, let me tell you, in my library, I have a lot of books that help me understand the Bible. Okay, I do. But I got to tell you that. Just because it's in my library, just because I respect the author, doesn't mean I trust everything they say. I am skeptical of a lot of things they say. Why? Because when it comes to interpreting scripture, one of the things I want to make sure of is I get the right interpretation of scripture. I want to make sure I do that. The Bible says that we are to rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, give the right interpretation, make sure we get it right. And that's why, you know, I uh, I, I, I I tell people I, I'm not the guy that loves studying. I don't like studying at all. But here's the thing. I hate starting. But once I start, I have a problem. You say, what's your problem, Briscoe? I study too much. I study too much. I dig too much. I get too much. In fact, sometimes I'll get in the pulpit and I'll have sermon notes here. Now, tonight, these look pretty good. I mean, these are written out and But some nights I'll get in the pulpit and I'll have a page and there are notes over here and 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 over here and over here all over the page. And people are like, how in the world did you preach from there? You know what my problem was? I studied too much. I got too deep and I looked at this and I looked at that and I looked at this and I looked at this and things like that. But it's so I can give the right interpretation. But when it comes to the Bible, the word of God, I have no trouble believing the word of God. You say, why? Well, I believe it's historically accurate. I believe it's been proven. You say, wait, minute, bro, Scott, what about these things that, you know, the Bible says nobody's ever seen? Well, hang on. They'll find it one of these days. You say, what do you mean? They always do. Archaeology always finds the stuff when it comes or or often finds the stuff that proves the Bible true. you know, and you, you look at that. But, you know, I I look at this and, and you know, the things that tell me the Bible is a word of God is, you know, God used over 40 people over a 15, 1600 year period and to write. And basically, they're in agreement. It's continuity. They're they're in agreement. Now, think about that. You get 40 people together in a room and get them to write on a certain subject, give them the same subject to ride on and from a different perspective. And there is no way they're going to agree. But over a 1,600-year period, tell me that's not miraculous. Tell me that's not supernaturally touched. Come on, folks. Think about it for a little bit. But I look at other things. I look at the prophecy that's been fulfilled. I look at many other things. Folks, the Bible's the word of God. Stand upon the truth of scripture, but look at it for help. Look at it for help. The Bible is the word of God. And that's the idea here when he talks about inspiration. But notice he said, the Bible, is all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now think about that. The Bible is here for several reasons. Number one, to equip us. It is here to equip us so that you and I can live the kind of life God wants us to live and so we can serve him. And then number two, it's here to help us grow to maturity. I love that little word perfect there. In other words, God wants us to grow up to be a perfect or mature person. And then he wants to make us strong. That's why we need to get into the Bible, the Word of God. That's why we need to look to it for help. Because the Bible can give us the help we need in these times. Yes, we need to spend time in prayer. Yes, we need to rely on other other Christians. But folks, we need to get into the Word of God so that we can understand the truth of this book. So that we can learn it and so it can help us in these hard times. It will help us in the hard times. And then let me give you the fourth thing. The fourth thing. What What did he tell Timothy? He said, proclaim the word of God. You go to chapter four and verse one. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. He told him, preach the word, be instant in season analyses and reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Hey folks, when times are good, you and I need to be proclaiming the word of God. When times get tough, you know what you and I need to do? Proclaim the word of God. Get the word of God out. Get the word of God out. Verse 3 said, For the time will come when will they, will, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Folks, even when times are hard, we can still share Christ with people. Even when things are bad, we can share Christ with people. You know, one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul, even though he was in jail, You know what? He at times arrested for the cause of Christ, arrested for being a preacher, arrested, put in jail for following Christ and serving him. You know what he did? He still served Christ. He still got the word of God out. One of the things I love is about when Paul went to Rome and he was in his own hired house. And 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 if I understand right, every four hours he had to have a new Roman guard by him. Now, let me ask you, what do you think the Apostle Paul talked about? If people were coming to see him and they were allowed, what do you think Paul talked about during that time? He talked about Jesus and the gospel spread in the Caesar's household through the praetorian guard there, through the guards that were shackled to the apostle Paul. Can you imagine being shackled to the apostle Paul? I mean, good night. Can you imagine the guard leaving and said, you better watch out. He's going to try to convert you. Isn't that what they said about Churches, uh, Spurgeon's church? The taxi drivers or the or the cabbies or whatever they were called back in Spurgeon's day, people would come to town and they'd say, I want to see the tabernacle, talking about Spurgeon's tabernacle. And they would warn them, if you go over there, you might get converted. Think about that. Folks, in a hard time, we still need to proclaim the word of God. Continue to get the word of God out, even though we live in a hard time and even though it's tough right now to do it. You know, as I thought about this, I thought about this virus and I thought about what it's doing to our church, not able to meet and things like that. And it's just not our church. It's church is all over. And I got to be honest with you, I don't like shutting down church. I don't like it at all, but I'm doing it for the safety of our folks, doing it for the safety of our people. And, you know, and and I would rather have our people safe and, and we're doing this and, you know, God's been good to us and but uh, you know, and and uh, if we're strong, we'll come through this. And if we're not, maybe God needs to do something with us. Who knows? But but I don't like shutting down public church services. But you know, one of the things I've been doing is I've uh, as we've started this live stream, I've kind of been looking at you know how many watchers we have on Facebook and now through our podcast and. I tried to look while I on, on YouTube and we're trying to get YouTube up and running and, and, um, you know, and, and, uh, but you know what, we're reaching more people now through the ministry of our church than we did when we were having public services, more people now and folks, whether you realize it or not, there are some people overseas that have watched our videos, things like that. And, and people in other countries. You know, folks, yes, there may be times of difficulty, times of danger, but I've got to thinking this still can be a time of opportunity for you and I. It can be a time of opportunity to pray more. It can be a time of opportunity to learn the Word of God, get into the Bible and read and, and, and learn more. It can be a time of opportunity to grow. It can be a time of opportunity to share the gospel with people. It can be a time of opportunity. Why? Because people need Jesus Christ. You know, I was, I was thinking about this. We live in difficult times and during in the days you and I live in, there will be hardship. There will be dangerous times, heartaches, but folks, we can still stand and we need to stand and stand for the word of God and be faithful to Christ. Uh, I, there's a song that I, <clears throat> excuse me, that I like and um, I, I like, and and uh, we haven't sung it at church in forever. I don't think maybe we need to when, when we get back together, but Um, I don't know how many of you know the background of the song in times like these. Yeah. And some of you may not know the song and, um, you know, and if you don't, I'll share it with you in a moment, but the year was 1943. Now, if you know anything about history, you know, that in 1943, our country was in the midst of world war II, the U S had troops fighting in the Pacific and in Europe. I think you should know that. And also in South Africa, if I remember right, we had troops in South Africa, Europe, and and um troops fighting all over you know and uh thousands of u.s soldiers and i mean thousands not hundreds thousands of u.s soldiers were dying and being wounded things at home and here in the united states were tough they were very hard supplies were being rationed everyone was living under an incredible strain incredible strain a lady named ruth k jones a pastor's wife in Pennsylvania and the mother of five was distressed by the headlines of her local newspaper distressed. She saw that she saw the world war II casualty list and she knew that the allies by allies, us and the other nations fighting with the United States against the Germans were making slow progress through the boot of Italy. She knew that she opened her Bible The passage she opened to was 2 Timothy chapter 3. The passage you and I just read, this also, this know also in the last days, perilous times shall come. As soon as she read that passage, she studied it, she pondered it rather, as she studied it and pondered it, a song began composing itself in her mind. She jotted the lyrics down on a small pad in her apron pocket pocket. And a series of notes also played at her mind. Only later did she realize that the notes came from an old clock on the mantel with its iconic Westminster chimes. But soon the notes and music congealed to become one of the most beloved gospel songs of the 40s and 50s. And that song was in times like these. The verse goes, in times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds, And grips the solid rock. You know what the second verse says? The second verse is similar. And it says this, in times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And then she wrote one more verse. And that last verse is this. And I hope this is your testimony tonight. In times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure. My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And then the chorus again, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. My friends, yes, we live in perilous times, dangerous times, hard times. But folks, if you know Jesus Christ, you can be faithful. If you know Jesus Christ, you can stand upon the word of God. If you know Jesus Christ, you can get into the word and the word of God will equip you and help you in this hour. If you know Jesus Christ, you can be that witness even though times are tough. My friend, do you know Christ as your savior? Do you have that anchor tonight? Have you made Jesus Christ your savior tonight? My friend, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for you, where he died, was buried, rose again the third day, so you and I could have eternal life. My friend, do you know Christ? My friend, you need Jesus. You cannot save yourself. You're a sinner in need of a savior, and the only one that can save you is Jesus. And if you're willing tonight to repent of your sin and by faith make Christ your savior, he will save you. Tonight, just call out to him. Tell the Lord you're a sinner, Tell him how sorry you are for your sin and tell him you want to live for him and ask him to save you and he will. My friend, do you know Christ? Child of God, I trust tonight you've been encouraged a little bit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word of God. Father, I pray you challenge our hearts. Challenge mine tonight and help me to stand for you and to live for Jesus in these hard days. For I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.